Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Greetings and salutations to every one of you guys listening to us right here on CBS Radio 1140 or on that radio.com app. This is the Nightcap. My name is Lindsey Brown, your host always and forever. And I am joined by my trusty co-host, at least on the Playmakers and on the Nightcap, henceforth until we, you know, we can have somebody else come in the building. So by default... And skill yeah. and love and and yeah. just respect. Paul Ihander joins me, at least for the first segment of today's Nightcap. Paulito, how are you? I'm fine, Lindsay. Yes, I have a pulse. So, yes, <laughs> I can be your co-host. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, yes, exactly. But we, we make do with the tools that we have in front of us, Paul. And, and it's it's things have changed a little bit since we had the Nightcap last. You know, we started playing the Chicago Blackhawks. We now have a 3-1 to one series lead uh, in that entire uh, matchup. But last night, the Gold Knights suffered their first loss of the entire postseason of the entire restart because they were just doing so well, Paul, that it took uh, a nearly 50-save performance from Corey Crawford to finally stop the Golden Knights, uh, and he did so in that game. 3-1 to one last night, uh, Corey Crawford, an absolute barrage of offense from your Golden Knights, was able to stand tall and turn in a really solid game, much like he did uh, in the later games against the Edmonton Oilers, Paul, at least in the in the, in the the qualifying round. Clearly was their best player, uh, uh, Crawford, uh, last night for Chicago, and playing on a playing on back-to-backs, which, you know, take, which is a little rough, which, you know, mm-hmm. was the antithesis of what the Vegas Golden Knights had done in Pete DeBoer when he rotated Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. Yes. Crawford had to go the Ironman route in both and had to erase, essentially, Saturday's shelling mm-hmm. uh, to get past it. And, and Sunday was seeing things incredibly clear. And, you know, for him, I think 
you know, it's good news for him and for Chicago because it provides them just a little glimmer. The door opens up just a little bit after facing a sweep. But, you know, as you know, when you're hungry enough, you'll eat anything. And that's right. where the Black <laughs> that's where the Blackhawks find themselves right now. They're just trying to grasp at anything they can get their hands on to feed just kind of that desire to keep playing hockey and knowing that they're going to have to essentially conduct their own sweep here in the next three games, if that's even possible. Exactly. And when you're a team that's as overmatched as the Chicago Blackhawks are when it comes to this matchup that's what you have to do you can't expect to win games where you're beating the golden knights five to four like if you're going to get in those scoring races it's usually not going to go well they don't have the embarrassment of riches on on their offensive side and they certainly don't have the embarrassment of riches in their goaltending position either where you have to ride Corey crawford but that Corey crawford has a tendency to show up in big moments uh in the postseason and steal games steal series away there's still a long way to go before we can have that type of conversation at least in this matchup but the golden knights need to figure out a different way how to play the game that they did last night and just more effectively create chaos in front of Corey Crawford rather than creating chaos away from him and hoping to generate offense that way because Corey Crawford as as many shots that he saw last night and and a few that he was lucky to get a few that you don't understand how he physically did because that's just how the hockey gods bless some goalies sometimes but it wasn't that tough of a night. He was seeing a lot of those pucks. There wasn't a lot of chaos directly in front of him. And when you're just falling those saves into your in your stomach, in your gloves, or putting them into the corner, yeah, it looks like you're working hard, but you're really not if you put your eyes or put yourself in the eyes of the goaltender. Yeah, the two goalies in for you know for Chicago and the Knights between Leonard and, and Crawford. It's interesting that you look back on the trade that was made for Leonard for the Knights and Malcolm Subban who who went that way and how he hasn't made any appearances here in the playoffs and it shows you the, That's on purpose. Yeah, it shows but it shows you the value of mm-hmm. of both of both men to both franchises and it shows you that there is a clear, you know, clear choice when it comes to Chicago, but you know here in Las Vegas we have a couple of very great options in goal, which helps mm-hmm. us a ton just in terms of depth. And it's very clear that the Knights have that momentum still. It's not like it, it really ever went away. I would say that, you know, there were there have been sloppy periods of play. Oh, yeah. But the Knights haven't had that complete game where it was like, yeah, we were lucky to get out of here with a victory. You know, right. the, the lo- you know, the loss again yesterday was just about opportunities that were there that just weren't cashed in on. And low you know, hanging fruit. Yeah. I'd and maybe say. some of that low hanging fruit wasn't too low hanging because again you know when you're just kind of throwing darts at the board so to speak you know eventually you're going to hit a bullseye it just last night they were just kind of you know you know hitting the glass on the bar so to speak and nowhere near the board exactly i mean vegas uh poured 49 shots on net and uh and chicago actually blocked 32 which is an insane number peter DeBoer said as much and and uh, trust me as a former goaltender if my team turned in 32 block shots in a performance i'd be like Thank you for once. Well, that is some really blue-collar work, too. And maybe that's just Chicago going back to a little bit of its roots, trying to figure out, hey, you know, what got us to this position to begin with? Because we did a lot of right things against Edmonton. You know, not just shutting down their goal scores, but also doing the little gritty things that, you know, truly, you know, what you say cliche at the end of every campaign, but that's Mm -hmm. truly what makes champions is doing those little things. And the more of those that add up, yes, it leads to bruises and maybe a few more Advil diets than you're used to. Yeah. But it gets you into those game fives and game sixes and keeps you close. And that's truly where 
you when you know that you have to make uh you have to be able to recognize that you have to change your game and then you have to be able to execute on that because I'm telling you right now Patrick Kane does not like playing three minute long shifts he does not like back checking every single shift like you have guys on this roster that are proud that brought three Stanley Cups to that city in, in Chicago and and know that they're not really supposed to be here and so there there is a little bit of a building process that is going on with that team in Chicago they probably know that this isn't their series but the thing is is that you still have to believe you still have to go through the motions and when you have a game like you did last night where you found a way to kind of break through the armor and you're the first team to do so against the Golden Knights since everything restarted that includes the three teams that they played were in the round robin that are the top three teams in the Western Conference you're like oh Maybe we should take some of those notes over to tomorrow's game on Tuesday night. And that's the thing, because the Golden Knights can pretty much do whatever they want with the Chicago Blackhawks. They can play whatever pace that they want, much like how the Colorado Avalanche are doing the same thing to the Arizona Coyotes. But the thing is, is when you do make a mistake, you have to expect them to execute because you don't think they're going to be pumped to be down in the zone at all to get a shot on net. It, that's what happened last night. Robin Leonard makes one mistake. That's a goal that can't go in, that shouldn't go in. We can talk about RVH all that you want. We can do that, at, at, at me being a former goaltender, but sometimes those fluky things happen. But the goal support has to be there. The 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 hunger has to be there. And I think that's there for the Knights. And 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 Peter Bohr said the same thing. He's like, I want that same type of game. But the Knights need to figure out how to rattle Corey Crawford's kitchen. They have to. You cannot let a goaltender like that who has two cups to his resume that has the confidence and is the best player on the ice, you cannot allow him to start get lathered up and feeling confident in his game. And that's exactly what the Golden Knights did last night. I think for the Knights in terms of control, they're not having to press as much. And maybe that's kind of one of those things that that allows them to make it look a little bit more effortless and make them look like they're outclassing Chicago. Or complacent. But maybe, again, maybe they do need to press and press a little bit harder and ha- play with a little more sense of urgency when you do get up in, when you do get up in series, and especially in a best of seven, when you know you've got a 3-0 you know, mm-hmm. advantage and we were, we're talking about sweeps, you don't necessarily have to go at them because you realize that, yeah, it'd be nice to close them out, but, you know, we know we're still going to get our scoring. We know we're still going to... By percentages, it's going to happen. Right, just by, yeah, by the, but just by the amount of odds, but then you worry about a guy, and, you know, going with that philosophy, you worry about a guy like Crawford, who now all of a sudden has just a little bit of shot of confidence. Mm-hmm. It's not a Red Bull of confidence, but he's had a little cup of coffee of confidence. At least a vodka Red Bull. But it keeps him in, you know, it keeps him in that mindset going, listen, if I see yet you know, another game like this that starts the same way as game four moving mm-hmm. forward into, you know, you know, game five and I see and I get that same kind of start and I can get into that same kind of rhythm. Mm-hmm. All I need is a couple lucky pucks to get to sneak past whoever the Golden Knights have in goal. And now I know I can control this game. Exactly. And last night was the first time that Vegas did not score first. It was the first time that they had trailed in the series. And I'm not saying that every time they get scored on first, that that's going to equate to a game like we saw, but it's the only example that we do have. And 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 that's why most of the time when, when you and I talk on the playmakers previewing these matchups, previewing these games, and I was like, oh, the goals are, you know, we do three to five goals and about three of them are usually the same every time because those are the foundational elements of what a good hockey game looks like from the in in the makeup of this team. And that's getting off to good starts and setting the pace early and setting the pace isn't just skating around, isn't just getting shots on net, isn't just get, making those passes, but it's finishing. It's making sure that you're that you're dictating all the way to the point of finish. And that was something we talked about last week where the Knights just didn't seem like they were fully executing. They're like doing 85 percent of the pass and then just letting up just at the end and they won those games but 
Sometimes you play your best game and you lose, and then you win the games that weren't as pretty efforts uh, at all. Well, the Knights' lone goal was from the point, from from Shea. Mm-hmm. And normally, a lot of the other goals that we've seen in this series have either come, you know, and again, the Knights had, you know, nearly 50 shots last night. Yeah, but sure. normally, what's hap- normally what happens after those shots is we've seen a lot of cleanup. I mean, Alex Tuck is there to clean up. We've Patrick se- Brown's goal the other right. night. We've seen a lot more of a lot of cleanup goals as opposed to these one timers. And I think that's where the Knights have been able to, you know, they've just been trying to slap everything off of Crawford as they possibly could. But last mm-hmm. night, Crawford was making stops. He was catching a lot of he was catching a lot of pucks that were shot at him because he was seeing everything. Exactly. And, it, what, they, and the Knights didn't have enough opportunities to, to get that, you know, to crash the net and right. to get that kind of cleanup. And that's what we had seen in the first three games up until, again, game four. Exactly. And that can tie directly into the, the block shots that we saw from Chicago last night because the Golden Knights love to run their offense from the point, especially when Shea Theodore is out on the ice. They have such a versatile group at the defensive core that was their their biggest weakness at the beginning of the year. But Kelly McCrimmon and, and, and everybody involved with the front office have, has fortified with that, with Alec Martinez, with his addition from the L.A. Kings. And the Blackhawks have picked up on that. So if you're able to go out and block those shots – there's opportunities off the board. And then the Knights, I feel like at least the Fords are getting a little bit too close to the crease, a little bit too sucked into Corey Crawford's orbit because there is such a thing as being too close to the rebound because if a puck goes off the goalie, it has to pop back out, right? But if you're too close, if you're too on top of the the, the red line that outlines the crease, those rebounds can pop right past you. And then all of a sudden, not only do you not have a scoring chance, but they probably have an odd man rush going the other way, or at least have cleared the zone. And when you're a team that's as dominant as the Golden Knights at, at, that has taken over in the possession game as well, those are little those are little victories for the, for the Chicago Blackhawks that allow them to get changed, that allow them to get fresh legs, and to have, that, have maybe an opportunity to go down and shoot the puck that they did shoot on Robin Leonard last night that ended up being the, the game winner. It's a crappy situation, but if you don't get the puck out of your defensive zone, they're not you're not even down there to put up that crappy shot. And so there's so many things that go into stopping a machine like the Vegas Golden Knights uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. And they're going to look to do a similar type of game plan tomorrow night in terms of we need to make sure we take away the point and make them beat us through the middle. The Golden Knights just have to be willing to pay the price to walk off the wall and to take that puck into the slot and shoot and 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 dive for those rebounds. Like I said with that Patrick Brown goal we had the other day, it's that is a third opportunity rebound. Once you get Corey Crawford to make the first two saves, if he's out of position, that's where you got to go. The Golden Knights weren't getting those opportunities last night. It wasn't for a lack of effort, but it might just be for a lack of wherewithal. And that's something that they're going to have to clean up tomorrow night. But we're going to get into a bunch of things that the Golden Knights need to clean up ahead of their game. Five against the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow. And we're going to do it with a brand new guest here on the nightcap. That is Justin Emerson from the Las Vegas Sun. He's going to join us here right on the other side of the break on the nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 11. 1140. Sending you off to the naughty chair. It's the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Hello and welcome back to the Nightcap. My name is Lindsay Brown, your host, always and forever. And uh, speaking of the naughty chair, for the first time ever joining us on the Nightcap is uh, someone that I'm very familiar with since uh, I moved to Las Vegas just a year ago. But it is the first time that we've had him on the show. And he's already chirping me about it on Twitter. Justin Emerson of the Las Vegas Sun and Las Vegas Weekly, who covers the Golden Knights uh, with me. And uh, at J15 Emerson, Justin you can get your chirp out initially. Let's just get this over with. Let's get this off to a good start. I'm just saying, I, we've watched practice every day for a year now, and it's taken this long for me to be on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. It, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Okay. Well, to be fair, 
as a former goaltender, I'm not very used to sharing the crease. So I just put that forward first and foremost. But I am I, I appreciate it very much that you're joining us today, especially uh, given the the timing of everything exactly where we thought we'd all find ourselves on uh, on uh, August the 17th of the year 2020. But uh, the Golden Knights last night suffered their first loss of the playoff season, at least since the restart at the hands of the Chicago Blackhawks. And I wasn't able to jump on the media availability today. But uh, what did head coach Peter DeBoer have to say uh, with his availability now that he's had some time to digest last night's game? Well, I, I asked him specifically. I'm like, you know, you're up 3 nothing in the series. I know you obviously want to win every game, but are you able to just kind of focus on the process, you know, as opposed to necessarily the results? And he said, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, they were, the Golden Knights were fantastic yesterday. And they, even though they didn't win, I mean, you're a goalie, you know what a goalie can do. And Corey Crawford was unbelievable. And, you know, if the Golden Knights play like that again, they're going to win plenty of games. So, I'm, I mean, the team doesn't seem too worried about it. Multiple players and DeBoer both called it the the best game that they've had in the series, and I, I tend to agree with them. I, I think that they were great, and most of the time you're going to win a game when you play like they did last night. Yeah, you're right. And and when you go 48 out of 49 as Corey Crawford, I would be feeling pretty good. As much as you could say you can trust the process and keep putting pucks on net and things are going to work out, at the end of the day, you're, the team has to finish. And that was something that the, the Golden Knights didn't do as effectively as they have done previously, even though I do agree with you that last night's uh, game was definitely their best game of the series so far. So so in, in your opinion, Justin, how do they break that, that dam, that mold through Corey Crawford to make sure that he doesn't end up playing as confident as he did last night. Well, Crawford was was really good last night. I thought he was really good in game three too. But in game one and two, he was he was fine. So I mean, it's not like it's not like Crawford's this big bad boogeyman that the Golden Knights just can't beat or whatever. They beat him twice, three times already this series, um, and he's he's allowed a couple of shaky goals. So I do think that it is just you know you don't need to change a whole lot. And last night last night was last night. You know you you tip your hat to him and you move on. Like you weren't going to beat him a second time last night, and that's fine. But I don't think that they really need to change much of anything. I mean, they're a much better possession team than the Blackhawks are, and possession leads to shots, which leads to shot attempts, which leads to shot on goal, which leads to goals. So I I don't think that they need to change too much of anything. You know, And if it happens again and Crawford makes 50 saves tomorrow, well, maybe then you start worrying a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a 50-save performance, but I would expect a very confident Corey Crawford uh, tomorrow night and a, a game plan that is similar to the one that the, the, the Blackhawks rolled out last night. But one thing that they do, that the Golden Knights could do better, that they haven't really been able to find a rhythm with uh, yet this series, is on their power play. Now, I know the PK for the Blackhawks has been great since the restart, I, they, and, and the Golden Knights went 0 for 6 this past weekend. I We know how big of a, of a Focal point Max Pacioretty has been on that power play uh, throughout the entire season before the pause. Do you think some of that is to blame in terms of the lack of execution on the extra man advantage so far? I, I do. And Pacioretty missed, what did he miss? He missed game two, and Paul Stavney has missed some games now. And, you know, Stavney had a really good year on the power play, too. So it's you're looking at a team that came in with these plans for what their power play was going to look like, and that's been disrupted. And, you know, 0 for 9 is 0 for 9. That's that's not good. You want to be able to score on the power play, obviously. But I do think that their plan had kind of been disrupted when you're missing guys and you got to fill guys into the lineup, not just into the five-on-five lines, but also into the power play lines. And you're putting guys in that weren't playing and guys that you expected to play aren't. So it's a little weird, sure, and maybe that just sounds like making excuses. But, you know, nine power plays isn't 
that many of a of a sample to draw off of. But at, at the same token, when you're when you're in the playoffs, it's not like you get a full 82 game sample to assess what you what you've got. So the power play is the one area that uh, uh, this entire series that does need to improve for Vegas. Absolutely. And it's not easy dealing with different guys in the lineup in and out, it, not, especially when it comes at your top two lines. We know how, how deep this entire roster is and how much the third and fourth line bring to this team each and every night. But when you have Patch ready, when you have Stasny rotating out, it's sometimes hard to get that feel for the guys that really spend a lot of the majority of their time playing on those special teams and, and, and whatnot. And somebody that I think really steps up and has stepped up from the day that they traded for him this year and really uh, does a great job on that first line between Max Patch ready and Mark Stone is, is Chandler Stevenson. I think he belongs on that first line with them. I think he plays better. I think he plays up to their skill level and, and that they've always clicked. Where do you see that 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 line and 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 Chandler Stevenson's utilization throughout this roster so far? Man, I don't think that anybody expected when they threw a fourth round pick Washington's way back in December that they'd be getting the guy that has been statistically the best center for Max Pacioretty and and uh, and Mark Stone. Uh, since he's been there, I mean, he's he's been awesome, and and you're right, he plays he's, he plays up to their level. I mean, these are two star wingers that he has, and he was he was playing fourth line minutes in Washington. It's not like he was he was on Alex Ovechkin's line or playing with any of their uh, their superstars. He was just trying to get by, and then he comes to Vegas and he's given a shot to play some big minutes and has taken advantage of them. And isn't that just kind of what Vegas has been for three years now? I mean, he reminds me a lot of. A lot of William Carlson, who was given that op- same opportunity in Vegas to get top line minutes, and turned from a you know a throw in at the expansion draft into a 43 goal scorer the first year, and got a big eight year contract last year. So, and even right now, Chandler Stevenson is he plays a lot like William Carlson. He does a lot of what he does, maybe maybe toned down just a little bit, but you know he's speedy, he's good in his own end, he facilitates really well, and. It's nice that when you have a guy like Paul Stassi goes down, that you can have Chandler Stevenson step right up and and not miss a beat on that top line. Absolutely, and and that's the biggest strength of the Golden Knights, I think, in this playoffs, and that's why they're the they're the favorite to go to the cup. They're the favorite to win the cup, even through today. And uh, and there's a there's a lot of really good teams around that are that are still playing. I mean, we 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 saw the Golden Knights just really play a great game against the Colorado Avalanche last week, a team that had given them problems all season. And based off of what we saw this afternoon in your in your hometown Coyotes, that is a, that is a team that you do not want to play in a seven-game series and one that I'm sure the Golden Knights are very happy that they were able to win their division, not lose that overtime game in Edmonton when we didn't think it was going to mean as much and find themselves in the qualifiers versus the round robin. Uh, your thoughts on what we're seeing from the Colorado Avalanche? Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing in the round robin that happened is getting that top seed and Colorado finishing second is you're not going to have to play them until the conference final. And I do think that the Avalanche are the biggest obstacle for the Golden Knights to uh, to get to the Stanley Cup final to come out of the Western Conference. And I mean, they're just unbelievable. Like, they're they're doing right now at the Coyotes kind of what the Golden Knights are doing at the Blackhawks, just showing off how much better of a team that they are. And, Darcy Kemper stole Game Three for Arizona, just like Corey Crawford stole Game Four for Chicago. But and then today, like you said this afternoon, they just they just unloaded a lot of frustrations that they've had this series on Arizona. They're up three games to one. If, if you're Vegas, I like I just said, I think they're the biggest obstacle. I think that a Western Conference Final between Vegas and Colorado is going to be one of the more exciting series of hockey that we've seen in a while. And uh, 
you're the Golden Knights, it's not that you're afraid of the Avalanche or anything like that, but you wouldn't mind if they were to uh, stumble in the next round and uh, you don't have to face them at all. Right, and that's a lineup that can get scoring from anywhere, just like the Golden Knights, but has a few uh, characters on their team that tend to find their names on the score sheet than others. And 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 Riley Smith has been been that for the Golden Knights so far. But I want to ask you, who's been sneaky impressive to you besides Riley Smith? Because he's been awesome all year, has picked it right up in the playoffs here. But scoring's been kind of balanced otherwise. Who's stuck out to you so far? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Nick Cousins. I think that. He was a guy that was, you know, just another another depth piece that they picked up at the trade deadline. And, you know, they expected him to come in and kind of solidify that bottom six. And that's exactly what he's done. And he's really settled into that third line with Nicholas Waugh and Alex Tuck. And, I mean, last night they were unbelievable. I think I was looking at the numbers when that line was on the ice. I think they fired off 22 shot attempts and allowed two or something like that. It was, it was crazy how much they were playing in the offensive end. And, you know, he plays well offensively, he plays well defensively. He's in the power play when Pacioretty and Stastny aren't there. He's He does a little bit of everything. He set up the overtime, helps set up the overtime game winner in game, uh, in game what was that, two. And uh, I think he has four assists this postseason, which is tied to the team lead. So he's really taken the opportunity he's been given with Vegas and is running with it and doing exactly what they hoped they would do, what the Golden Knights hoped he would do when they got him. Exactly. A true fabric of the team type of player versus the buttons that we usually associate with Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, and, and Riley Smith. And speaking of, of depth, speaking of people that have stepped up in, in the times that their name has been called, goaltending. Hello. We are we are officially we've we've been in a competition this whole time and I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a controversy right now, but we saw the game last night. Robin Leonard made a mistake. The mistake was the biggest difference uh in, in last night's game. And I think we're gonna see all gold pads in between the pipes tomorrow night, aka Mark Andre Fleury. Where do you currently stand on and on where I'm I'm at least projecting this and uh and the night's goal utilization so far? I don't I don't necessarily Disagree with you. I think if I think if I was making the choice, I'd go back to Robin Leonard. I think you, for the postseason, you really want that one guy who doesn't have to feel like he's looking over his shoulder. That if he lets us off, he's going to be benched for the next game, and that's and that's tough to do at the postseason. And you know, Flurry came in in Game Three at the front end of that back to back, and he played great. And that's just it's not a it's definitely not a bad thing to have these guys, but. I, I'm kind of the proponent of you go with one guy, you decide on the starter, and, and you ride with them for as long as you can. And I don't think that, you know, it was a soft goal that Leonard allowed, but I don't think that he's – he played really well after that. So I don't think that he's done anything to necessarily lose that creep. But um, I also wouldn't be surprised if they did go back to Flurry, who played really well in game three. It's a, it's an embarrassment of riches for your Golden Knights in net and in other places in the roster, but uh, you're absolutely right. There's 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 a gamble with that type of goaltending play, but it's a weird year. Everybody's kind of uh, just doing things, trying different uh, utilizations of, of their rosters, of, of who they're rolling out. Maybe the Golden Knights are at the forefront of all of that. But thank you so much for joining us, Justin. I really appreciate it. Where can we find you on social media and all of your great content you create uh, for the Vegas Golden Knight faithful? I'm on at J15 uh, Emerson on Twitter. I'm at LasVegasSun.com. We've got all kinds of stories, uh, previews, post-game analysis, that kind of stuff. So uh, LasVegasSun.com and Las Vegas Weekly. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. Have a great rest of your night, my friend.
You too. Thanks, Lindsay. No problemo. And we're almost to the to the break here to end things for the nightcap. Your Golden Knights will play against the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow night for Game 5, hopefully wrapping up that series tomorrow night. I predicted a non-sweep, but I don't think they're going to let them stick around for that much longer. You don't want to give a lot of belief uh, to the skill, the skill and uh, the big names on that Chicago Blackhawks roster. That's going to be the late game tomorrow night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, so 7.30 our time. Uh, thank you to Marcus. Thank you to Paul. And uh, thanks to Justin. And thank you to each and every one of you for sticking around and listening to some Vegas Golden Knights talk with us today. My name is Lindsay Brown, and this is the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.